0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Horn of the Gospel. I am your host Spencer Sutton, and it's great to be here with you. I want us to walk. I'm, I'm going to share a little bit of uh, some personal thoughts that I've been having lately, just in my quiet time, and this is going to lead us into the main topic today. We are going to dive in. I'm going to I'm going to share with you what I believe, um, like something that you can take, a prayer that you can take. And you can set it aside. You can set it right beside your bed. You can pray it in the morning. You can pray it in the evening. You pray it in the middle of the day. You can keep it with you. You can laminate it. You can do whatever. You can, I don't know, whatever you want to do. Keep it on your phone. Whatever the case is, I think this is a prayer that um, that you and I can have with us, and we we can just reach out to God and say, Lord, I see this in Your Word, and so um, this is a model for. Uh, someone who's calling out and seeking your help. And Lord, I want to also um, pray this way. And And so I'm going to, we're going to talk about that. But first, before we do, I just want to remind you, there are resources for you, brothers. If you are alone and trying to battle this thing alone, if you don't have anybody helping you, I want to point you to com. This is an online group uh, that I'm a part of. I'm leading and you can join this group. We have an online uh, it's like community, so it's a, just a community group where we share different things, resources, um, ideas, scripture, this type of thing. We also have a a Voxer group. So Voxer is a free walkie-talkie app. So we're all on Voxer in a group together, encouraging each other. And then we also have a weekly call. So every Tuesday night, we're getting together uh, on a Zoom call. We're seeing each other's faces. We're talking, we're praying, we're walking through scripture, and we're just encouraging each other because this is something that requires, not necessarily require, but this is something that I found when men try to go alone, they struggle the most. And the, the the way we we fool ourselves is into thinking that we can do it ourselves. And what we end up doing is actually isolating. And we're not, we don't end up telling ourselves the truth or anybody else the truth. So I just want to encourage you, if you need a community, check out themanoffvalor.com. If you're, if you want to take a free course, I've created a free course. It's Five or six weeks long, and you can walk through that. It's gospel centered. Uh, it is all about Christ. Although we do walk go into things like pornography in your brain and those types of things, so all of that is is what I I feel is very important. But nothing's more important than the gospel because the gospel in the gospel there is freedom. So I won't go in, into any more than that, but. Just know that those resources are out there for you, but let's get into this passage, into these passages. And so I want to kick it off with Psalm 50, 14 through 15. And this was just coming out of my personal study. I've been uh, thinking about prayer and how my prayers lately have have just not been desperate enough. And I believe, as I've th- been thinking about it, I believe it's because I feel like I'm in a good place. I feel like things are working in my life. And so the way I, I tend to think about things when uh, I'm talking with men and, and thinking about myself, I tend to think in peaks and pits, peaks and pits. Am I, am I at the peak or am I in a pit? And so I have a group of brothers and we just talk about being in the pit or on the peak. And so we walk through body, being, balance, and business, all four domains of our lives. And we just talk about, am I in a pit in this area? Like, how's my marriage doing? Am I in a, what about, um, what about my kids? What about work life? What about my body, my health and my fitness? What about my spiritual life, my communion with the Lord? Am I on a peak or am I I in a pit? And I have felt honestly, As if everything's going so well, but I will tell you, this is what worries me. This is what worries me. And I think it worries me because I see it in so many men. And I've experienced this in in a major way. 10 years ago, I had a major crisis in my life and I thought everything was going so great. I, man, everything was running smoothly. I was leading a ministry. It was growing. I mean, Lord was blessing it and it was just growing and growing. And all these things, in my life seemed to be on point. But what I didn't realize is I was slowly drifting away, like Hebrews 2 1 talks about. Hebrews 2 1 says, We must pay spe- uh, special attention, close attention to this meaning the gospel, the supremacy of Christ. He just had finished describing the supremacy of Christ in Hebrews 1. We must pay special attention to this, lest we drift away from it. And you've heard me talk about this on the podcast before. And so I want to come, I want to, I want to take you into just my personal thoughts as I've been thinking about this and going, yeah, you know, things are good, but Lord, I don't, I'm not not coming to you desperate. And this worries me. And so I'm going to just read from Psalm 50, 14 and 15. We're going to take it from there. So this is what verse 14, it says, it says, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Okay, so let me stop there. (laughs) When things are going good, we should be giving praise and honor and glory to god right hey things are going good we shouldn't be looking at ourselves and saying look how smart i am look how successful i am i'm at the top of my game in business you know all of these things and 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 like, i've honestly had opportunity to be thinking this uh, i'm i'm a part of a business and we are a growing business. We've grown from about five people in 2014 to now we're 450 people. And I'm a part of the division, a division of this company. I run all of the marketing for the company. And w- I mean, we have been crushing. Our department has been crushing it. And I'm responsible for that department. And and it's it's easy for me to say. Well, wow, look, look, I've really honed in over this past almost nine years. I'm, I've figured this whole thing out and look how, you know, how solid we are in this department. But no, 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 no. That's when we should be going, God, I praise you. you you're you the one that's given me, you know, any kind of success in anything I have in life. If, whether it's my body or whether it's my business or whether it's my family or my faith. God, it's all because of you. I have no basis to boast. So verse 14, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. Verse 15, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. And I was connecting The sacrifice of thanksgiving with Hebrews 13, 15, through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. What do you and I have to be most thankful for? It's salvation. And so if you're in a pit in any one of these four domains, body, being, balance, and business, if you're in a pit, you still have reason to praise and and offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God for your salvation. And praise God for the gift of salvation. And as I was walking around the neighborhood this morning, I was just, I kicked off my my prayer time with just thanking God. And th- then I was on the top of this hill and the sun was just coming up. It wasn't, I couldn't see the sun yet, but just the glow of the sun was about to co- was coming up over the hills. You probably all seen a sunrise and just, like thought how beautiful it was and as it was coming up I just sat there and I said Lord 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 here I am I'm one person one man in Birmingham Alabama in in, in the United States so I'm one of 330 350 million people in the United States on a planet with seven plus billion people and Lord you hear me you see me, you know me, you, you want to spend time with me. This blows my mind. And so if you think that way, if you ponder your own insignificance and yet you are significant in Christ, it should blow our minds. And we have reason to rejoice in that. And so Offer to God a sacrifice of Thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. Yes, and call on me in the day of trouble. This is the crazy thing. God already knows when I'm in trouble. So I don't have the need to lie or to sugarcoat it. And honestly, the the way I've been thinking is like, Lord, I need to see myself as always in trouble. Because when I don't see myself in trouble, then It's easy for me to just go about my normal routine and think that everything's okay. I don't need to sugarcoat it. When I call and I'm in trouble, I can throw all of my rituals and all of my ceremonies away. Because guess what? A drowning man doesn't try to be respectable and proper. He cries out for help. I've been pulled out by the undertow. My dad and my brother and I, I'll never forget it. We were at the beach, Gulf shore somewhere in Alabama. Maybe we were destined. I can't remember where we were, but we shouldn't have been out in the ocean. It started sucking us out. And I can tell you, we were desperate. Listen to what, listen to what, I believe it's David. I I didn't look at this. I believe it's David who wrote Psalm 50. Look at verse 8 to 11. Not, Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all that moves in the field is mine. This is mine. This is God saying, I have all and know all. So when I begin to prefer ritual over being real, like rituals over real, it's offensive to God as if I'm going to get my act together and fool him. And so, brother, I just want to ask you this question. Are you desperate for the Lord? Are you desperate for him? Do you see yourselves as desperate? And I think this is the biggest challenge that we face is because we live in a land of prosperity, in a time of prosperity. And, and we tend to like put this issue with porn over here on the side and say, ah, oh, if I could just fix this porn issue. I could. We've got to see ourselves as desperate. There's no ritual. Like you going to church and thinking going to church earns you something, it doesn't. We go to church to worship the Lord. We go to church because man, the Lord gave us the body of Christ to take this message out into the world. And we need each other. We need brothers and sisters to do this. There are like no lone rangers in this whole thing. We've got to worship in spirit and in truth. John 4 24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Like there is no worshiping in rituals and thinking that you're going to receive help. So if if my words and my prayers are empty of true heart, it's just a waste of time. And it's true, when I was thinking about it, I was like, it's true that trouble produces like desperate prayers, while prosperity usually produces ritualistic formalities. And we're so easily fooled into thinking we're in control, and we we have no need of desperate prayers. And this is where I found myself just recently, and and that's why I wanted to record this, because I have I've found out, this is just what I've discovered, if I'm having struggles with something, this means there's probably more people having struggles with something. If Brother, if you're struggling with something, you can guarantee there are other people struggling with the same thing. Even though Satan wants to convince you that you're the only one, and that's why you have to hide, and that's why you have to lie to protect yourself. And it's it's just that. It's a lie. It's a story. And so when I'm in a, when I'm in a place of prosperity, thinking I'm prosperous, then I lose desperation in my prayer. And a lot of times I lose Thanksgiving going back up to verse 14. I lose Thanksgiving. It's because I just kind of go about my way. I love what Charles Spurgeon says here, he says, God loves sincerity. When we mean it, when the soul melts in prayer, when we say, I must have it or be lost, when it is no sham, no vain performance, but a real heartbreaking, agonizing cry, then God accepts it. That is why he says, call upon me in the day of trouble. Such a cry is the kind of worship that he cares for because there is sincerity in it and This is acceptable with the God of truth. Mm. And brother, the sooner we admit our trouble, the Lord can turn it into triumph. He can turn your pit into a peak. He can turn your pain into passion to help others. But it does not come without truth and humility and sincerity. And the danger is, as I was thinking about this, again, going back to this whole thought of prosperity, is I see myself as rich and prosperous and needing nothing. But spiritually, God knows my true condition. And, brother, he knows your true condition. He knows your your need. And that's why he says, call upon me in the day of trouble. Do you see yourself in trouble? I'm wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. This, is, this had me thinking back to Revelation 3, the church at Laodicea, Laodicea. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, piti- pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich in white garments so that you may clothe yourself. And the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see to those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. So, brother, if you and I are guilty, and this is why I'm recording this, because I'm guilty, if you and I are guilty of thinking we are rich and prosperous and don't need anything. And, oh, the the sins that we do have, if I just stuff them over here out of the way, not realizing that, men, when we hide our sin, it, it spoils everything. It, it spoils your entire communion with the Lord. You know, you felt that it's, that you're like, well, my prayers don't seem to be, you know, I just can't seem to get connected with God. Like this is one of the biggest things. A lot of times we don't even want to read our Bible because we just fear what we're going to read in God's word. And what is that? That's fearing the truth. So what is the solution? Well, Jesus says here in Revelation, he says, be zealous and repent. Be desperate and repent. Be anything but lukewarm be passionate and repent be humble and repent be honest and repent i was thinking when i thought about this i was thinking also of why why do i why do i have trouble repenting why do men have trouble repenting and admitting our weakness and our helplessness and crying out to God and again just kind of going back to this whole thought of we think we're prosperous and we we got it all under control I mean men we love to control things we love to we don't like asking for help and I thought about the children of Israel And it says in Exodus 14, they were running from Pharaoh and his army. They were chasing them. Pharaoh drew near, and the people of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. So they saw themselves in a desperate condition, in a desperate situation. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. That's desperation. Like their eyes were opened. There was no getting around it. There was, They were in a desperate position. And brother, you may be in a desperate position right now. Your marriage may be on the brink of just dying. I can't tell you how many men have reached out to me because their marriages were about to be ended because they, they couldn't stop looking at porn and their wife being hurt over and over and over and over again had finally had enough. So are we willing to cry out to God? And then verse eleven, let me continue with my thought. They said to Moses, It is is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? Meaning Die in the wilderness where there are no graves. There's just the wilderness. How humiliating is that? A grave means dignity. I'm going to be buried, properly recognized. Dying in the wilderness is just dying in the wilderness. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating. It's it's what animals do. They keep on saying, What have you done? to us and bringing us out of Egypt? Is, is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? Like Moses, we, we were okay being slaves. We just don't want to be humiliated and die in the wilderness. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. So twice, twice they said they didn't want to die in the wilderness and Moses said to the people fear not stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord which he will work for you today for the Egyptians whom you see today you shall never see again the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent what was the difference between Moses and these people the difference was is that Moses knew God and he knew the character of God and he knew the power of God he had been witnessing it close up from when he was met at a burning bush to all the times he went in before pharaoh to all the plagues that he saw he he knew god and so he trusted god these people were not really sure about god <laughs> let us stay in slavery I, I don't i don't really trust this god to get us through this i don't really trust god to get us through this Verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel, go forward. Go forward. And and what happens after this? We know what happens. We, they, they walk through on dry ground, ground through the Red Sea. Pharaoh and the Egyptians are drowned in the Red Sea, and then what happens after it? They sing a song of praise to God. It's called the Song of Moses, and it's just praise and thanksgiving to God who brought them out of the land of Egypt and rescued them from the Egyptians and drowned them and this is the fulfillment. This part is the fulfillment, the immediate fulfillment of what God's whole purpose was, is so that they would find freedom and they would glorify him for it. They did nothing to contribute to it. All they did, their contribution was crying out to the Lord. And then, and then what did he say? Go forward. So they had to move. <laughs> they had to march. And so brother, let me tell you something. If your motive in being delivered from pornography and your motive in finding freedom so that you can just stop feeling bad, that's not the right motive. Pray to God for that. Pray to God about that. Ask him if that's the right motive. If if you just want to like be free so that you can get on with your life. Man, I'm just tired of feeling shame or I'm tired of having a bad marriage because I keep doing this and my wife is so angry at me all the time. If it's just to get back to status quo or avoid pain, then should we expect deliverance? Yet, if our motive and our heart is to glorify God for this great gift of deliverance, then we have a firm assurance that He hears us, and He will answer us. Remember this psalm fifty fifteen and call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. This is exactly what the Israelites did. Even imperfectly, they cried to the Lord, they still were complaining. They cried to the Lord in the day of their trouble. He delivered them and they glorified him on the other side of the Red Sea. And so I just want to remind you, sometimes the journey out of sin seems scary. Like Israel, we're leaving the known for the unknown. Oh, is it, isn't it? it better just to stay in here in, in, in the known? It, it, even if it's slavery, this is the way we are. This is 100% the way we are the unknown is scary. We think possibly we may die in the wilderness, but it's not true. What God is doing is he is moving us to a place where we can truly worship him and magnify his name, but it will never, ever be as slaves in Egypt. We we get so sucked into this idea that we should stay in our comfortable place. So just want to close with this, just thinking about this passage, because what I really like for you to do is I would love for you to take this passage, Psalm fifty-fifteen, and just do what I've been doing this past week, is just been thinking about it, praying it, and just reading it, journaling about it, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. I just want to show you there's two parts. Each party in this verse has two parts to to do. God is one of the parties, and he has something he's promised to do. He has two things. And then we are a party in this verse, and we have two things to do. So this is what they are. Number one, what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is, number one, to call on the Lord in the day of trouble. Call on the Lord. That's your responsibility. That's number one. What's your second responsibility? To glorify God. Okay, now what about God's responsibility? Well, God's responsibility is to deliver. And then his second responsibility is to receive glory from you. So, two parties, two responsibilities. I need to call upon the day of, I need to call upon the Lord in the day of trouble and glorify him. And then the Lord has promised to deliver. I will. He doesn't say I might deliver. He says I will deliver you. And then his other responsibility is just to receive glory. Let's do his name already. Oh, so what? What is required for my part? Like I see my two responsibilities: call on the Lord and give Him glory. So, what's like? What do I need to do? Some of you may be thinking, "I don't even know how to do that, Spencer." So, I, I just want to tell you this is what's required. Number one, you need just a small, tiny bit of faith that this is true, that God is who He says He is, and that God does what He says He will do. Okay, so this is faith. You need faith to believe. And then number two, you need humility to say, I need help. And that humility, not only is the humility to say, I need help, but then the humility to say, I didn't save myself. Lord, you did it. Praise your name. So That's giving him glory. Like this is the humility really is also just a part of dying to yourself because we all want to be our own saviors. We all want to, we all want to manufacture salvation for ourselves. We want to feel like we've done it. I was just watching on YouTube the other night, this, uh, this Christian guy. And, um, and I, and I, lo- I actually love this teaching. He was teaching and I was just kind of listening and watching. And then he stopped and he's got a million subscribers on YouTube, which is pretty awesome. And, um, but then he stopped and he's, and it's kind of like, Hey, I've got a promotion, like, uh, these, these people are paying me. And, and so it was covenant eyes and listen, I have nothing against covenant eyes. I really don't. I mean, I, I believe that if your wife would feel better, if you had covenant eyes on your phone and you needed that isn't like her to be your accountability partner in some way and to share your, you know, browsing history, then great. But don't think that Covenant Eyes is going to save you. Don't think that Covenant Eyes is your easy ticket. Don't think that some filter is your easy button because it's not. You know that and I know that. So we need faith and we need humility. Isn't that, isn't that good? Like we we need incredible opportunities to boast in the Lord. We need not incredible opportunities. We need, we need to use every opportunity that we can to boast in the Lord and not in ourselves. Not in yourselves. And so if you take this passage, Psalm fifty fifteen, you just spend the week thinking and meditating and praying and just hoping in God and like, Lord, if you, if you don't feel like you have the faith, pray for more faith. If you don't feel like you have the humility, pray for more humility. If you don't feel like you're desperate enough for his power in your life, pray for it. Pray for it. I even, um, about a week ago, week and a half ago, I messaged my buddy Forrest, who back in 2007 he and I got together and started praying. And man, the Lord, the the presence of the Lord in the room where we were praying was so thick. We were we were confessing sin. We were praying very dangerous prayers, like, do, "Lord, do whatever you have to do in our lives." We're begging you, just just show up and use us. Use us somehow, Lord. I mean, we were praying desperate prayers. And so I even messaged him and I was like, Forrest, I sent him a voice message. I said, Forrest, what was it about that time in 2007 when you and I were on our knees? For at least a month, we met every week. Maybe we met more than that. And we thought it was kind of one-time fluke, just this presence of God, but he showed up again and again and again and really that was the birth of never thirst the ministry. I was like was the market collapsing like why were we desperate for God? <laughs> I couldn't because I couldn't remember I had journaled stuff and so I need, probably need to go back and read my journal but um man he he had a great response and and you know the the danger is is that you know we're we're miles away from two thousand and seven miles away from 2008, I'm miles away from 2013, like these periods in my life when I was deep in a pit and desperately had to call out to God. But that can't keep me. It can't keep me from crying out to God because if I believe his word, then souls are at stake. If I want to see crowds the way Jesus saw crowds when he looked at them, Oh, he saw them. They were helpless and harassed like sheep without a shepherd. And so he gathers his disciples around and said, Oh, pray, pray that the Lord would send out laborers into his field. Like Jesus saw, he knew. He could have, he could have, <laughs> he could have relaxed and chilled out. He wasn't. He was desperate for God. He went and prayed to God all the time, prayed and prayed and prayed. Because he needed eyes to see the people the way God sees the people. We need eyes to see people the way God sees people. And so, as I've been walking around my neighborhood, I've just been praying, God, help me. Like, give me more desperate prayers for you. Lord, give me prayers of thanksgiving, but give me prayers of desperation where, like, you have to show up. You have to show up. So I just want to encourage you, brothers, do the same. Do the same. All right, guys. I will be back next time, not sure when, with another episode of Porn of the Gospel. Hope you all have a fantastic week.